Hey, good morning, everyone. Happy December. Welcome to Salem Fields. Let's stand together and worship this morning. Go tell it on a mountain over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on a mountain that Jesus Christ is born.
We've come expecting you, God. We've come to meet with you. We've come to experience your presence. We've come to praise you. Father, what this season is all about is us being able to take the time to reflect and remember the reality of what Christmas is and that is you leaving heaven to come down to our mess, Lord. To live a perfect, sinless life so that we can be set free, God. God, that even as a baby, I love that line, even as a baby, you're reaching out for me and he's reaching out for every single one of us. And God, we just want to respond to you. God, we want to receive what you want to speak to us here about this morning. God, and then we just want to respond to it in obedience, with joyfulness, and with passion. God, be with Pastor Buddies. He delivers the message, God. God, and we give you all honor, all glory, and all praise. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Before you sit down, give the people around you a high five and say, Merry Christmas. You can be seated. Well, it definitely looks like Christmas around here, huh? And this place look awesome. We just want to thank all the volunteers that helped out this week to make this place look amazing. So uh, welcome to Stanfields Community Church here this morning. If you are a guest with us, we're so glad that you are here. Hopefully you got a program as you came in, and there's a connection card. If you could just grab that and fill that out, there's going to be some buckets that come by during this next song. Uh, just drop that in there. We just want to be able to reach out to you and say hello and, and welcome you to the church. And then also there is a first-time guest table right out in the lobby right before you leave. Uh, there's a gift that we want to be able to give you and just welcome you to the church. And so stop by there on your way out. Uh, we're going to be taking our tithes and offerings during this next song. This is just another way that we're able to worship God here at Salem Fields Community Church. And so there are many ways to give. They're all up there on the screen. You can give cash or check as the buckets come by. Go out to one of the giving kiosks. Uh, and do debit or credit out there. Online, you can give by clicking that little green button in the top right-hand corner. Or as always, you can give through the Salem Fields Community Church app safely and securely. It's very easy. And then also, if you want to pull out your cell phones now, check into Facebook for us or whatever social media platform you use. Uh, it might seem like something so small and insignificant, but just that, we've already heard testimonies of people coming to church and getting to know Jesus just because of that small little gesture. So we want to encourage you guys to do that. Well, coming up on December 15th is our Christmas festival. This is going to take place from 3 to 7 p.m. This event is a blast, and there will be people all throughout this building. And with that is an opportunity to be able to carry the vision and the mission of Salem Fields Community Church. And so and one of our core values is outreach, just making sure that we are reaching out to our community and being able to introduce them to Jesus. And so the Christmas festival is a way that we get to do that. And so with that, with all those people that are going to be here, we need people to be able to serve. And so there are so many opportunities to serve. Uh, you don't have to serve the entire time. You can just serve a portion. And there are so many different areas. So go visit the Christmas festival table that's out there in the lobby. Get signed up. It'll make a huge difference, and we definitely need uh, as much help as we can get. So go see Pastor Michelle out there after service. 
And then also just want to make you aware of the Christmas dates. There's a lot going on during this Christmas season here at Salem Fields Community Church. That's a lot to take in on a screen. So we made a print version of it as well. So those are out in the lobby. Just grab a uh, Christmas calendar of all the events, everything that's going on. Uh, so that way you can be able to keep up to date. And so, Jody. Well, we want to update you on our giving thanks. Is that what it's called? I, I like totally blanked for a second. Um, offering that we took two weeks ago. Um, we're excited to announce that we have $62,000, 400, wait, I don't know what's happening to me right now. I have a minor headache, so it's like clouding my judgment. Um, $62,457.95, if you hadn't read that already. Um, so we're just less than $3,000 from our goal, and um, we're really excited about that. And that is going to go to um, missions throughout the world and the community and the nation. And um, we have um, our venues in Nigeria and India that, that will go to support them, and that is for the ministry that they do there. And we just want to tell you about our Christmas project that's coming up that's, um, we want to differentiate between the, the Thanksgiving offering and this. And the Thanksgiving offering, those funds will go to support the ministry that they do there. Um, this Christmas project that we have, I want to tell you about, is the tree that's out there in the small lobby um, as you're leaving. It's um, a Christmas tree with a bunch of ornaments on it. You may have seen it when you were coming in and wondered what that was all about. And I want to explain that to you. Um, it's separated into three different little categories there and stick with me on it because it can sound a little confusing but it's it's really not it's just a lot of words that I have to say about it so on the left hand side as you're looking at it there's the Nigeria and in the middle it's local and on the other side which would be the right would be India and um, what we're doing with those is in the Nigeria and India you'll see on the ornaments it will say something like bread $28 um, computer however much that was um, has those different things on it what, that, what we're doing with that is we are going to try and bless them with some presents because they do not get a salary from Salem Fields. They get money to support their ministry, and they do not have much, and they do not ask for anything. So we had to ask them to send us things that you want for Christmas that we can bless you with. And um, they asked for things like bread and rice and things like that. And we said maybe a little bit more. So they put some more things on there like mattresses or clothes and things like that. So what we'll do, instead of actually buying them bread to support them, we will give them a donation of $28. So what you do is you get a little envelope out there, um, one of the tithe envelopes, and you write on it, Nigeria bread, $28, and you put your donation in there. Or you can do that online as well. We just want you to indicate what ornament you took, what that's for. And the bread is for $28 for a month. So some of those are like that. A month of bread is $28 there. And the center, we have local, and that is a gift that you would physically buy for families within our community. Um, you would take one that says boy ages five to seven, and then you just buy a gift in that um, that age category there. And you don't have to wrap it, just bring it back with the ornament so we know who it's for. So does that all make sense? We just wanted to be clear that everybody understood that these things that they're asking for in Nigeria and India are specifically for just things that they need for their daily life. And um, we really, they don't ask for anything and it's hard to get them to do that. So we're, um, we just want to give them some special things like bread. Is that really special? No, but for them, it's awesome that they wouldn't have to worry about that $28 for the month. So consider that. If you have any questions, you can come see me, and I can try and explain it better without a headache, hopefully. I'll try and get rid of that. But All right. Good morning, everyone.
everyone. I'm down here with you. And can you believe it's December already? Wow. And here we are entering into the Advent season. And you can see that our series for this month is called... You guys can read really, really well. Now, what I'm going to find out is if you know this Christmas story very well. You know those silly little quizzes that you take online and uh, you have fun with that. Well, that's sort of what we're going to do here because there are, I've got 10 questions for you and I just get to pick the people. And you stand up and answer this question. You can't say no to it and <laughs> to me. And you're going to get a little gift whether you get it right or not. But if you get it wrong, this is what everybody's going to do. Wah, wah. Let me hear it. And if you get it right, they're going to clap for you. Okay? All right. So, Chris, let's start with you. Of course. Stand up. This is Chris. Let's take our first. What does the Bible say the innkeeper said to Mary and Joseph? It, there is no room in the inn. I have a stable you can use. Come back later and I should have some vacancies, both A and B, or none of the above. Hmm. I will say D. Okay, D, let's look at the answer. Wah, wah. And let's look at this. It says, the innkeeper, and you are so smart. The innkeeper didn't say anything. The Bible doesn't even mention an innkeeper. Did you know that? Because the inn was probably more like a guest room in the house. So, Jody, you want to give her, everybody do that one, one more time. Wah, wah. Okay, Howie. Come on, Howie. Let's stand up. Okay, a manger is a, a stable for domestic animals, wooden hay storage bin, feeding trough, or barn, or is there anything else? Okay. A wooden hay storage bin. B, a wooden hay storage bin. Let's see what the answer is. Oh. <laughs> Okay, the feeding trough, interestingly enough, most mangers in the New Testament times were stone. And I've been to Israel and I've been up into Megiddo and uh, they, they're stone. So Jesus was laid in this cold stone manger. Okay, Chip. So the picture is really bad. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Or should we get James? Okay, stand up. We'll take you. All right. Which animals does the Bible say were present at Jesus' birth? Uh, <laughs> cows, sheep, and, sheep and goats. Cows, donkeys, and goats. Sheep and goats only. Miscellaneous barnyard animals. Or none of the above. Uh, well, he likes donkeys, I feel like, so that's a good one. Um, like yeah. You like know what? I feel like later on he was with donkeys, so we'll go with B. Start with donkeys. Okay. As well. Okay, B. Yeah. Okay, B. <sighs> wah, wah. No, trick question. Good job. The Bible doesn't say. We just assume that if he was born in that stable that there were animals around, right? So aren't you guys glad you came to church today? Because you don't know your story at all. Okay? All right, Mary. Yeah, look at Mary today. Is she looking all Nigerian beautiful? Oh, man. All right. And Mary is a board member, so she should know all of these answers. Okay, here we go. According to the Bible, how did Mary and Joseph get to Bethlehem? 
A, camel, B, donkey, C, they walked, D, Joseph walked and Mary rode a donkey, or a horse-drawn carriage, or who knows? Okay, with the trend so far, <laughs> I should probably lean towards F, but I think it's going to be D. Okay, she thinks it's D. How many people think it's D? Okay, all around the room. Let's look at the answer. Do you, are you guys seeing how much these little images that we get from pictures and we absorb and we think that's the truth? The reality of it is, although this modern picture shows Mary on a donkey with Joseph beside her, the Bible does not say that. So how, has anyone gotten any right yet? Oh, oh, you did? Oh, okay, so silently, but we don't know. That's like catching a fish that long. <laughs> I, I, okay, stand up. Oh, the room's that side of the room. Yeah. Okay. Joseph was originally from A, Bethlehem, B, Nazareth, C, Hebron, D, Jerusalem, or E, none of the above. Okay. I would tend to go toward E. Okay. You want to, you want, is that your final answer? My, hey, I'm going to go with E. Okay, E, let's look at the answer. Wah, wah. So he did catch a fish that long, right? <laughs> he worked and lived in Nazareth, but he was returning to Bethlehem, his own city. Boy, I'll tell you, we do need to invite people to come because even we don't know this story, right? See, isn't it sweet that you get a little. Uh, gift anyway. All right, now I get to choose someone over on this side. All right, let's go. Scotty. <laughs> All right, here we go. There was, there was snow the, that first Christmas. A, only in Bethlehem, all over Israel, nowhere in Israel, somewhere in Israel. See. C. He says C. Let's see the answer. <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> Good one, Scotty. Is everyone feeling really bright and brilliant about <laughs> And uh, so that was sort of a trick question because there is always snow on that mountain, okay? You wouldn't think that because you tend to think of Israel as uh, dry and parched, right? Okay, Peyton. Come on, baby. <laughs> All right. Where do we find the Christmas story? You're going to love this. A, Matthew, B, Mark, C, Luke, D, John, E, all of the above, F, Matthew and Mark, G, Matthew and Luke, H, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. So, see, you get lots of choices. And she is a college student, so she's really smart. H, let's look and see. Wah, wah. <laughs> Everyone say it. This Christmas story is in Matthew and Luke. That's your Bible uh, lesson for today. Okay, let's, Oscar. Or Cindy, you can stand up with him too, Cindy. Yeah, you can stand up with him too, Cindy. I want to see you both stand up. You can do this collaboratively. Okay. We'll work well together. 
Oh, that's true. How many wise men came to see Jesus? A, three, B, six, C, nine, D, 12, E, we don't know. No, Go with the, the one that's not the I say I'm going to say E. I say A. You're trying to outwit the quiz. Because <laughs> right. you really I'm don't with, know. I'm going to go with what she says. I'm thinking it's E, but I'm going to go with what she says. E, you a. say E, and a. you say A. Uh-oh, boy. I'd like to be in this home after we get out of here. Okay, let's look. E! <laughs> you see, we... We really don't know because, first of all, they weren't wise men. That's what we've said they were, but they were the Magi. And uh, they usually traveled together in a caravan of anywhere from 6 to 12 people. And so what the reason we get that confused uh, is because we think of the three gifts that the wise men brought, and then we just attach there were three wise men. Boy, do we need to think twice about the things that we're hearing and seeing, don't we? <laughs> we do. Okay, so... I'll go back here. Um, I need a lady. Yes. <laughs> Everybody loves to be humiliated in church, right? <laughs> All right, here we go. What is frankincense? Is it a precious metal, a precious fabric, a precious perfume, or none of the above? Uh, D, none of the above. Oh, I see you're trying to get out All right. Oh. There it is. Wah, wah. <laughs> As a matter of fact, after the last service, I have some frankincense right here. You're out of gifts. Oh, dear. <laughs> We're coming up short. Uh, frankincense, if you want to smell this, put a little bit of it on. It's really a very lovely perfume. I brought this from Israel. And, it's, and what they, they use this to worship in the temple. So when they brought those gifts to Jesus, it was very prophetic, and there was a reason and a purpose behind that. So if you want to smell that, you can. It's really wonderful. I need one more person. Oh, here's one more gift, Jody. Okay. All right. Let's, I'm getting all confused here. Let's go back here. Oh, okay. You're volunteering. Okay. Hey, stand up, my dear. Okay. What is myrrh? Yes. Oh, you did. <laughs> what is myrrh? Is it Middle Eastern money? Is it a drink? Is it an easily shaped metal? Is it a spice used for burying people? Or is it none of the above? Okay. You're going to just guess, aren't you? No, no, no. I'm trying to think. Oh, okay. okay. I'm going to say um, a spice used for burying people, D. Whoa. <laughs> Look at that. Yes, you did. You did. Oh, wow. She gets a dollar bill. <laughs> I like that. We hand out money. But I just wanted, do want to call attention to that because here it says that Herod was buried with over 150 pounds of myrrh. Jesus was 75 pounds. But think about that, how the, I was going to say wise men, but they really weren't wise men, right? They were uh, the, the Magi that came and gave gifts, and that was very prophetic of what was going to happen in Jesus' life. So you guys, I'm pretty impressed with my congregation here at Salem Fields Community <laughs> Church. <laughs> Let's continue to worship. How was there the night 
Good morning. Good morning. Hey. Welcome. Wow. Y'all ready to go. Don't know anything about the nativity uh, story, but <laughs> <laughs> you're ready to go. That's a good thing. <laughs> well, we're glad you're here today. Um, your notes, if you use your notes, they're a little messed up today, but don't worry too much about that. You'll figure it out. The fill in the blanks are good, and that's all that matters. You know, I have to have my notes in by Friday, and uh, so I'll pray and work on my message on Saturday, too, and so some, <laughs> some things got changed, so uh, don't fear. But, you know, so also, I need y'all to laugh at this joke, okay? <laughs> Saturday night, had one person laugh, and he went, huh. <laughs> so I felt really good about it. <laughs> but anyway, I don't care about Virginia Tech. Just want y'all to know that over there. Well, I did one yesterday. <laughs> anyway, good morning. <laughs> uh, did you hear about the mother who took her 16-year-old daughter to the doctor? Did y'all read about that this week? It wasn't in the paper. But the doctor says, okay, what's the problem? The mother says, it's my daughter, Darla. Uh, she keeps getting uh, these cravings. She's putting on weight and is sick most mornings. The doctor, he gave Darla a, an examination and, and he turns to the mom and says, well, I don't know what to tell you. I don't uh, know how to tell you this, but Darla's pregnant. About four months, he said, would be my guess. And the mother says, pregnant? She can't be pregnant. She's never been left alone with a man. Have you, Darla? Darla says, no, mom. I've never even kissed a man. The doctor, he kind of walks over the window, over to the window, and he's staring out. And after about five minutes, the mom comes to him and says, uh, is there something uh, wrong outside? And the doctor says, no, not really. It's just that last time anything like this happened, shepherds, hearing from, uh, shepherds uh, after hearing from a heavenly choir, showed up. A star appeared in the east, and three wise men came over the hill. And the doctor says, I'll be darned if I'm going to miss that. Yeah. All right, got some laugh out of that. I'm, I'm now convinced the Saturday night crowd's stoned. <laughs> Don't tell that, though. <laughs> but anyway, um, <laughs> they're, they're not. <laughs> but if we're not careful, we'll miss the story as well. You know, once again, like every year, we'll hear the old familiar story about the night that Jesus was born. And if we're not careful, we'll miss it today as well. Why is that? Well, I think it's because of familiarity. How many times have we read this old familiar story from the Bible? I mean, every Christmas, you know, we uh, do it at church. And, you know, at my mom's, we go at my mom's on Christmas Eve. We've been doing that for years. And, you know, we'll stuff ourselves, And then we'll go and open a few gifts around the tree. And, and my, before we do that, my mom always has one of the grandkids uh, read the story. And, you know, I, I think to myself every year that we're reading that, I wonder how many of us are really hearing that because it's so familiar. You know, how many Christmas plays or TV shows have we watched? And how, you know, how many, uh, how many sermons have you heard preached on this old familiar story? You know, it's hard to find something. It's hard to, you know, it's hard to create something that hasn't already been told time and time again. You know, but who among us here today, though, can truthfully say you've never heard of Joseph or Mary or, or the baby Jesus or Bethlehem or the star or, or the shepherds? Sometimes I wonder, though, if our familiarity with this old, old story will cause us to miss what's really most important about this stable story. You know, I, I pray and have been praying that we can find freshness 
in this old familiar story by focusing on the really important matters found in the stable. Matters that we've read about many times, but we've never really took the time to think about the importance of what we're reading. It's just a neat little story. Today, we're uh, starting a new series that we've already talked about called Stable Matters, and it's a series that, that we hope will give you, uh, give you and I a fresh perspective on an all-too-familiar story. We will look at some important matters that we pray will lead to transformation in our lives. Today, I want us to look at the shepherds who are often overlooked in these important matters of the gospel. So the first stable matter I want us to look at is the shepherd's response to the birth of Jesus. And we'll do that from Luke chapter 2. And the Bible says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you, and you will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. All too familiar story. As I've told you before, I, uh, when I was growing up in Kieseltown, there was a little Methodist church down the town, downtown, and, uh, well, downtown's kind of, anyway. <laughs> anyway, in town, there's a Methodist church, but when I was there, uh, first uh, got there and was about six or seven years old, they had two churches there. They had the Methodist church, and they had the EUB church, the Evangelical United Brethren Church, and I would kind of alternate between the churches, uh, depending on what was going on, and uh, and one day, they all got together and decided they were going to tear down both churches and build one church. And after they got done fighting about how they would name it, what the name of the church would be for a couple years, they uh, came up with the United Methodist. So, they, but every year, uh, this church was right down from my house, every year they would do a Christmas play and, and, and from the story found in Luke chapter 2. And they still do that every year. Every year still today because I have a friend that goes there and I see their posts on Facebook and they just... We'll do that Christmas play. And each year when the roles were handed out, and I've told you this before, I wanted to play the role of Joseph. You know, or, or, or the three wise men with their fancy clothes and their nice jewels and their helmet. But instead, year after year, I was assigned the role of one of those old shepherds dressed in a bathrobe with a towel wrapped around the head, carrying a stick down the aisle. That was me. You know, like people, uh, like people still do today, we downplay the role of the shepherds in the Christmas story. But yet, a recent survey says that among all the stable characters, the shepherds are the ones we most relate to. Interesting, isn't it? We downplay their role. We think of them as just stinky old uh, shepherds, and yet we relate most to them. So what's that saying about us? But anyway... Uh, their response to the good news is an important stable matter, matter, and it also serves as a model for us today in our response to the stable story today that we just read, even 2,018 years later. So today I want to give, you, uh, give to us, uh, those of us who call ourselves Christians, those of us who say we are believers, a model of go and tell because the actions of the shepherd 
really matter for us today? It really matters today. First thing that really matters is they accepted the message. They accepted the message. The shepherds are filled with awe and they accept the message of the good news of great joy. From Luke chapter 2, verse 10, the Bible says, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Now, I want you to hold on to that. I bring you great news, or good news of great joy. I bring you good news of great joy. You see, the angel has come and has told them about this uh, birth, and the angels are calming them down. I mean, after all, I mean, here they are out in the middle of the field in the middle of the night, another ordinary night, and all of a sudden, angels appear, the heavenly hosts, and they start talking about this stuff, and, and the angel says, don't be afraid, and I bet the shepherd's going, yeah, yeah, think about that on your back deck one night with a little campfire going, on your deck, not on, in the pot, what, not in the, in the um, thing. Kettle, <laughs> fire pit. <laughs> and all of a sudden, angels appear. And they say, hey, look, don't be afraid. Yeah, what have I done wrong? <laughs> all right. But anyway, the angel calms them down, telling them that he's bringing good news of great joy. He's bringing them good news of great joy. And the joy comes from the fact of, of the, that the good news is that we are accepted, that we're forgiven and we're filled with hope. And the shepherds accepted it. You see, we, would, we have a, a lot to fear if Christmas never happened. If Christmas never happened, we'd have a, a lot to fear. Now, Wycliffe translates the news of great joy, uh, translates that from the Greek, and it says this, I evangelize you, I evangelize to you a great joy. In other words, when the angels showed up, they were evangelizing the, uh, the shepherds. They were saying to the shepherds, unto you this day in the city of David, a Savior has been born. And it was, the angels were coming to evangelize the shepherds, and the shepherds accepted it. They accepted the good news. Ha have you accepted it? Have you accepted the good news? If you've never accepted the good news that brings great joy, you're missing a really important, stable matter matter it matters because you're accepted and you know that we're forgiven and we're filled with hope the shepherds accepted the good news secondly they went and saw they went and saw after accepting good news the first thing they did was head down head to town now it said that it was near they and i read an article or a commentary i read a lot and it said they bounced to jerusalem now can you imagine that boom boom no I don't know what exactly that's saying. Uh, I would waddle, but they bounced. <laughs> anyway, however they got there, they got there, they walked, and they wanted to see the baby with their own eyes. I mean, they've been told, they've accepted it, they wanted to see this baby, and so they bounced. So the next time Gay does a quiz, you can say they bounced, if it says how did they get there. A baby is born in a smelly stable. And for them, it would not have been a problem uh, to these men who were used to the stinky smell of sheep. Now, I can tell you, sheep stink. And I know firsthand, I grew up, well, I didn't grow up, I lived a couple years in a house, a four-room house. Uh, matter of fact, I had a Johnny house, didn't have running water, but we had a sheep farm. And I got to tell you, that house was on that sheep farm, and you woke up every morning, you know what you smelled? Sheep. 
And I can tell you, no matter what anybody tells you, sheep stink. No matter how you clean them up to take them to the fair to show them, one day again, they're going to stink. Sheep stink. And so I guess people to work with stink, sheep stink. Um, <laughs> oh, anyway. Think about this. Stinky, unclean shepherds came to a stinky stable to see the Holy of Holies laying on the bed of hay. Now, many commentators point out the possibility that they were taking care of this very sheep that would be used to sacrifice in Jerusalem's temple, that they were caring for the very, very sheep that people would purchase and take to the uh, temple to give to the priest, and the priest would sacrifice the lamb to atone for their sins. And so it stands to reason that it was probably pretty easy for them, or no accident, pretty easy for them that they leave their sheep behind to visit the Lamb of God who would be the sacrifice once and for all for all sin. The point is, they wasted no time in responding to the gospel. They accepted it and they wasted no time. The Bible says when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go. For the life of me, I can't read that. I've said it in every service. I can't read that, but think about on 9-11 when the plane was going down with the terrorists and, the, and they said, let's roll. Let's take care of business. And, and the shepherds saying, let's go to Bethlehem. And I say that just to remember the sacrifice that day. You know, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. The Bible says, so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. So you see, the shepherds wasted no time in going uh, uh, to see this good news of the Messiah, to lay their eyes on him. Even though the Bible says they were terrified, they didn't make a bunch of excuses. They didn't say, we can't leave the sheep behind. It's too dark, too cold. How will we see? We don't know exactly where it's at. They responded with faith. They responded with faith. And they simply said to each other, let's go. When was the last time, when was the last time without hesitation, but still being terrified, without making any excuses, have you and I went and did what the, Lord, the word of the God, the word of the Lord said to you, to, to us? I mean, when was the last time that, you know, you were reading the Bible and, and you, something God convicted your heart and, 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 and you know, knew what you were supposed to do, but you hesitated? You weren't like the, uh, you weren't like the shepherds. We weren't like the shepherds say, okay, God, you said it, let's go. You know, when was the last time that God's called you to go or do something and we didn't, and, and, and you did it without making excuses, and we went and did what the Word of God said to do. Unfortunately, for you and I, because of the stresses and mistaken priorities of our lives, the things, I mean, I was, a, I went to, we went to eat last night in the waitress, and, you know, I, I talked to her about her life, and her life was terrible, Gay and I and, and the Coleman's, and talked about their life, and how, she was just saying how her kids, and this, and that, and she used to take her kids to church, and now the kids want to do dance, and so they don't go to Awanas anymore. And I'm, I'm thinking, that's what's happened in our world. Our priorities are out of whack. My family's falling apart. My kids are struggling like crap, or like heck, and we take them <laughs> to dance classes and not Awanas. And folks, I know many parents at Salem Fields that go to the ball game rather than go to the church. 
Our priorities have gotten out of whack. And, so, and we're stressed out. And we tend to ignore our commitment to responding to God with faith and obedience. You see, Christmas, though, is a good time for you and I. It's a good time, not for gifts and all that, but it's a good time for you and I to search our hearts and ask God to show us by his spirit the important stable matters that we may be ignoring in our life. We know that we know that we just know that this is what God has called us to do or how God has called us, where God has called us to go. And instead of doing that, we make all kinds of excuses or we don't have our priorities in the right way and we're so stressed out we say can't do it. It's a good time to get our priorities back in line. It's a good time for us to say, let's go, Lord. The third important matter in following the shepherd's model after accepting the message, going and seeing, they went and told. They went and told. The Bible says when they had seen him, when they seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. They went and told. Now, if that would have been me, if I'd have been one of the shepherds, which I was in the play, but I just did what I was supposed to do. But if it had been me, and that would really be me today, I would have probably pulled up a bale of straw, you know, and, and I'd made myself comfortable. I may have drank a couple cups of hot chocolate, you know, talked to Mary and Joseph a bit, and then said, okay, see you guys. It was good seeing you. Nice to meet you, Jesus. And I went on my way. But really, isn't that what we've done in some ways? I mean, we come to church on Sunday morning, we pull up a nice comfortable green chair, and we sit down in that thing, but first of all, we go out to the cafe and get us an egg roll. Or, um, <laughs> yeah, burrito, thank you. <laughs> and we get us a donut and a cup of coffee. We come in here, we pull up a green chair, we chat a little bit, we sing a few songs. I mean, we, we uh, sing Go Tell It on the Mountain, we sing all that stuff, and, and we're really comfortable, and we hear a, a nice little message, and we get up from our nice, comfortable chairs, and we head out, and we go home, or we go to our favorite restaurant, and we never, ever respond to the message. Don't we do that? Isn't that true? We do that. but not the shepherds. You see, they didn't hang around. They didn't say it's nice here. They didn't say, wow, I like being in the presence of the, the Savior uh, because they knew they had a responsibility to go and tell the good news, not to go and go to Vinny's, but they had a responsibility to go and tell the good news that they had accepted and now they have seen. You know, if you think about it, the shepherds could have come up with a lot of reasons to keep quiet. And not tell anyone. Remember the shepherds, they weren't trusted. They were the most, they were the least trusted group of people in society. They were the down and outers, they were the low life, they were crooks, they would, they would take their sheep and graze it on their neighbor's land. I mean, you couldn't trust them, you couldn't turn your, your back on them. They were, they were just known to be dishonest. Nobody would believe them. And, and what they had to say really sounded crazy. You saw a bunch of angels? Yeah. That baby was born in a stable is God's Messiah right. But that didn't stop them. That didn't stop them from going and telling. 
The rain didn't stop them. You know, they, they went, you know, cold, Ooh, too cold. Or I got to go, I got to watch a ball game. You know, all those excuses that we use. I'm not, hey, look, when I'm preaching to you, I'm preaching to me, okay? That's no lie. That's why I can do it. But you know, that didn't stop them from going and telling. Notice the message they shared had nothing to do with seeing angels and there's no reference to Mary's bravery or Joseph's job or how there was no room in the inn and how cold and stinky the stable was and they just couldn't believe Jesus would be born there. How could God do that? If he's God, how would he send his son to be born in such a place like that? They came to see him, and seeing was believing, and they headed out to share the good news. Look at verse 17 again. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. Now, the word spread means to make, make it known in such a way that people can understand. So here we are, folks. Hope you can understand this. Here we are in 2018. That's 2018 years since the birth of the Messiah. And because the shepherds couldn't keep quiet about the transformation in their lives after accepting and seeing Jesus, they shared in a way that we could understand. You see, the good news we have experienced personally, or we can experience today, began spreading from that humble little city of Bethlehem, and it spread through, uh, throughout the whole world, And it spread to Fredericksburg, Virginia, or wherever you lived, when you knelt at an altar and you accepted Jesus Christ, that message came from that little stable through a stinky bunch of shepherds, the low life of society, and it spread around the world and it landed right here in Fredericksburg and landed in my heart. Aren't you thankful that they couldn't keep quiet? But there are people in our world that have never heard about the saving grace of Jesus, but most of us will leave this place today from our comfortable little chairs after drinking our coffee or hot chocolate and eating our donuts, and we'll go straight home and plop down in the chair and watch television the rest of the day. And there are people dying and going to hell. But I thank God that those shepherds mattered. I thank God that it mattered that the shepherds showed up at the manger scene at the nativity, at the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. You see, I believe God still speaks to us today as he did with the shepherds. And that's why this incredible story of the shepherds at the stable still matters today. You see, though he may not send a heavenly choir to our homes or to our workplaces or to our schools or to neighborhoods, but he has given us his word. And, his, and this word through the spirit of Jesus Christ that abides within us, as we abide in him, leads us to do what God would have us do and take our responsibility. So, so like the shepherds, let's be in a hurry to share the good news of the stable, the good news that came from that stable. What is the good news that the shepherds told? It's found in Luke 2.11. The Bible says, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. What does that mean? Well, here's what that means. It means that God humbled himself 
as a servant, and he moved into our neighborhood with skin on. He emptied himself, taking the very form of a servant, and he willingly laid down his life on the cross to pay our penalty for sin, giving a sinful people like you and like me the free gift of salvation. And made right, we are made right before God, a heart that's being changed to be more like him and the hope of eternal life in the future. That is the good news. How does that affect you? Seems like somebody clapped. Seems like somebody said, let's roll. Let's go. You see, folks, we cannot keep this important matter that was first communicated by a bunch of stinky, dishonest shepherds. We cannot keep it to ourselves. Some of you here today have never told anyone about the good news. You know, you've just, not, I don't mind being critical. It's just that's, that's the life. That's, we get saved. We, our sins are forgiven. They're cast as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered against us. We have a future in heaven. God has changed our life. He's made us from uh, the old creation to a new creation. He's done that. And somebody will say, man, you've changed. What's going on in your life? And we say, well, I turned over a new leaf. You didn't turn over a new leaf. You discovered the shepherd of the stable. I mean, the baby Jesus of the stable. But if we've accepted the good news, we have seen him and have believed we must go and tell others. It's not a suggestion that God put in the word. It is a command. I command you. He said, go ye into the whole world and tell others. We cannot keep this good news to ourselves. Earlier we sang the song, go tell it on the mountain. That, our, that Jesus is born. How about this? Instead of singing that to each other, let's be like the shepherds and not just sing about telling others. Let's really go tell others. Let's really go do it. Let's do what we sang about. Let's do what we've read about today. And let's not just tell it on the mountain. Let's tell it in our family gatherings this Christmas. I had one guy go out today, and he said to me, he said, you know what, buddy? He said, I'm going to start reading that story at my, for my family. He said, we've never done that. And he said, a lot of my family don't know Jesus, don't know the story. That's simple. He can go tell that, read that story at his family gathered. I can't wait for him to tell me how it went. Let's tell it at our work. Oh, they won't let me do it at my work. I can't talk about Jesus at work. Yes, you can. I might get fired. Well, get fired. I got a job they don't fire you for telling about Jesus. <laughs> so it's easy for me to say. Let's tell it at our schools. Oh, I can't tell it at school. Yeah, you can. At the mall. Let's tell it in our neighborhoods. Let's tell this life-saving truth wherever we go this Christmas. Let's make that commitment today. You and I make that commitment today that wherever we go this Christmas, we're going to tell or show the life-changing story of Jesus Christ. You might say, buddy, I don't, I'm not sure I can do that. Then you can invite them to church. That's not too intimidating, is it? That's pretty intimidating. Well, then take one of these cards right here that we have. We have all these cards made up. They're not fire starters. Uh, and put it on their windshield. I know it's against the law, is it? I don't know. I heard it was. I get them on my windshield, so I'll put them on anybody else. Anyway, <laughs> seriously, just use these cards and say, I invite you to church. We got some great things. Uh, 
Um, Rich said we have a lot of things, but everything on there is awesome. Our Christmas festival. You know what's new at our Christmas festival this year? We're going to have a tent up or some kind of room or something right out in the middle of everything where it says you got spiritual questions, come right on in. And we're going to talk to people about Jesus. And hopefully there will be people at the Christmas festival, if we can get enough volunteers, that will, that will be able to tell the story about Jesus in our tent at the Christmas festival. And they'll be able to have some fun. You know, I, I think one of the things I'm looking forward to is the December 20th at 7 o'clock where we're having our candles, carols, and communion. It's going to be a great time to come together and sing traditional carols. People say we don't ever sing traditional music around here. I know that. But we're going to that night. We're going to sing the traditional carols that night, and we're going to take communion together. It's going to be a lot of fun. Might even have some, we might even have some hot chocolate. We could put candles, carols, communion, and chocolate. Uh, <laughs> anyway. And then our Christmas Eve services, the greatest time. Christmas Eve is where we reach the most people for Christ in our services. We have the most people come. Boy, I'd love to go over last year's number. I don't know, 28, 2900. I'd love for us to have more. And we got that little card, and we're going to preach about, we're going to talk about a star is born, and not the one Lady Gaga is talking about. <laughs> but we're going to talk about a star is born. It's going to be a one-hour service, and you can invite your friends. And you can come, too, with your friends. But use those cards. Whew, I'm tired. <laughs> oh, baby girl. Have you accepted the good news? Have you seen the good news? If so, then it's time to go and tell. Finally, the shepherds glorified and praised the Lord. The Bible says, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they'd heard and seen as it had been told to them. It's being a witness. Being a witness. This is what happened to me. This is what God did in my life. That's a witness. I was, I was at the scene of the change. And this is what happened to me. Nobody can refute that. You see, the shepherds accepted. They went and saw, they went and told, and they returned to the stinky sheep pasture, and I believe they were changed forever, and they were glorifying and praising God for all that they had seen and heard. Folks, today we have a Savior. We have a Savior because the shepherds refused to stay quiet about it. It didn't die in the barn or the cave or whatever it was. They saw so they had to go and tell. And you and I have a responsibility to go and tell others, especially the next generation of young people who have watched the church and said, I don't want any part of it. It's our responsibility. You see, it's our responsibility to the next generation so they too know they can have a Savior. Paul said in Romans 10, but how can they call on him to save them unless they uh, believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And unfortunately, or fortunately, God chose us, every one of us. He chose us that are believers. He chose us. He is sending us. Man, it seems like he'd come up with a better plan than using me. And how would anyone go and tell without being sent? This is why the scripture says, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring the good news. How will they know, folks? Because we get up out of our comfortable chair today and we tell somebody the good news. That's how they'll know. 
I can assure you the only time my feet are beautiful is when I will be when I share the good news. Today, God is sending you. He's sending you and I to go and tell. And the question every one of us, even those online today or in the cafe, all of us have to answer. Will you go? Or will you just go home? Or you just go out to eat? Will you just do what you've always done? Or will you go and tell? That's why the stable matters. It really does matter. Will you be like the shepherds? Father, we thank you for this gathering this morning. I thank you for the church of Salem Fields Community Church that meets here in this building, Lord. But God, I pray that we'll not just meet here, but God, we will leave here and show and tell others what it means to have a Savior. I pray, dear God, that you will bless each one of us that's sitting here or online or anywhere in this building today. That God, this Christmas, will do what really matters. We won't hurry to shop, but we'll hurry to tell others. We won't hurry to fix the meal or get the gifts wrapped, but God, but we'll be in a hurry to share the news that in the town of David, the Savior has been born unto you. He is the Messiah. Help us, God. Help us, God. God, help us. Not to just hear this story and say, oh yeah, gosh, it's a neat little story. It really matters today. God, thank you that it matters much, as much today as it did 2,000 some years ago. Maybe you're here today and you've never accepted the good news that the shepherds accepted some years ago. It's the same story. If you've never accepted him today, I want to say to you, unto you this day a Savior has been born and he is Christ the Lord. He is the Messiah came to save us from our sins if that's you today and you've never received him or you turned away from him as a teenager or somewhere along your journey and you'd like to be right with God again you can pray this simple prayer with me you don't have to pray it out loud just pray it in your heart today you can pray it out loud it goes like this dear Jesus just pray that dear Jesus I believe that you are the son of God I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, please forgive me of my sins. Confess, Lord, that I'm a sinner. Please forgive me. Jesus, I invite you into my heart today to be born in my life so that I can be born again. <laughs> Just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me of my sins. Thank you, Jesus, for being my Savior. All of our heads bowed and all of our eyes closed. No one looking around today. Gay and I will. But you want to say to God today, God, by faith, I believe today you heard my prayer. And I just want you to know that I believe. With all of our heads bowed and all of our eyes closed, if you prayed that prayer this morning, would you just slip up your hand, anybody like that? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? 
you raised your hand today, I would really encourage you to stop out at the table that says, I accepted Jesus today and talk to one of the pastors that will be out there today. If you're online, would you just kind of send a message today that you've given your life to Christ? You're in the cafe. Would you just stop by the table? You prayed that prayer today, even if you didn't raise your hand. Father, we thank you that today the good news has been accepted. Father, I just thank you. So God, I pray that you would help us as a church to go and tell, to go and tell. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now we're gonna stand and praise and glorify God. So let's all stand together.
guys so much for being here. Go tell. See you guys right back here next weekend. Yeah.